Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Doing okay. Awesome. All right. <laughs> I know that uh, the uh, weather kind of brings our mood down because it's already not even June and it's gloom June, right? June, June or whatever. <laughs> so <clears throat> this morning I have a very important message that I want us to, uh, to receive. Uh, it's a message about that has to do with our mouth. It's a message that needs to be understood because so many times we use our mouth and don't realize how much power there is in it. Okay? There's a lot of power when you open your mouth and say something. Whatever you say, you may say something that is negative and kind of crush somebody or you can say something that is beautiful and uplifting and just bring somebody uh, out of the gloom, right? The Bible says that you have been trapped by what you said, ensnared by your words, the words of your mouth. This is uh, why Solomon talking about, you know, the situation that he's talking about. He says, you know, you have a friend who needs money. He goes to a lender and, and gets money from the lender. And, and then uh, the, the lender is coming after your friend and asking you, I, know to, I want to be paid back. Your friend doesn't have the money, and what does he do? He asks you to be the guarantor, so you are now the guarantor. And, and Solomon says, don't do that. It's too late now. You open your mouth, you made a commitment, now you're the guarantor. And guess what? Next time, your, your friend is not going to be able to pay, what's going to happen? The, the lender is going to come after you. So he says, do not sleep. Do not do anything else. Drop everything and go after your friend and make him pay. Because if you don't, you'll wind up in jail. So many times we make commitments without realizing the power of our confession. There's a ruling power of confessions. That's why the church cannot be a church unless there, unless there is a confession of faith. Uh, there are several denominations that have confessions that some of them are ancient confessions that are being recited every Sunday morning to remind people of what they believe, to remind people that this is what you've committed to. And I want to tell you that this may be an overstatement, but I don't think so. There's nothing in this world that you decide. There's nothing, absolutely nothing, whether it's a small or insignificant or whether it's the huge, big deal of your lifetime that is not so important that your mouth has not started that process, that your mouth has not sealed that deal. Yeah, I know that we have paper, we have all these documents and triplicates and all these other things that we have to do, but the point is that you start with saying with your mouth, yes, I want this loan. Yes, I want this house. Yes, I want to buy this bicycle. All those things. Yes, I, I do. Yes, I, I want to be married to this woman. Yes, I want to be married to this man. And when you say that, you have now put your life into that person's, person's life. And now you are stuck with, that, stuck with that. And there's very few people, even in this crooked world, that will have any any sympathy for you? Well, you decided to get married. Nobody forced you. 
It wasn't a shotgun wedding, right? You decided to take this job. Nobody forced you, right? They told you, here's what the job is. Here's the job description. Here's what you're supposed to do. So now, why are you complaining, right? You opened your mouth and said, yes, I like to be working here. Yes, I like to have this kind of, this kind of lifestyle. Yes, I want to buy this house. Yes, I want to buy this car. I mean, you name it. Any decision that you make, it starts with your mouth. But there's also good news. The same mouth that can get you trapped is the same mouth that can save you. That's right. This is, you have to say, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Okay. It's the same, the same understanding of that principle. And uh, this actually, the, this verse that I'm uh, expounding this morning is in the, New, in the Old Testament. It's uh, Moses telling the people of God, while on their way to the promised land, he's telling them that you have power in your mouth. And then what happens is in the New Testament, in Romans chapter 9, the Apostle Paul takes the same verse and updates it. Because instead of saying, about, you know, heaven and earth and all this. He's talking about, you know, he says that do not say in your heart, okay, who will ascend into heaven, that is, to bring Christ down, or who will descend into hell, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead. Do not say this in your heart, he says. Do not speak it out. Because once you speak it out, you're going to be doomed to failure. You're going to be doomed to unbelief. You're going to be doomed to doubt. And doubt, as you and I know, can crush all kinds of plans, right? The word is near you, said Moses. And St. Paul is telling us this morning, the word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is your confession. With your mouth, you confess that Jesus is Lord. And with your heart, you believe that God raised him from the dead. And then you are saved. This is how simple salvation is. Paul says this is all it takes. You have to recite exactly that verse. You have to say to yourself... Lord God Almighty, I want to thank you because you have given us Jesus, your son, who came as a perfect sacrifice once and for all. No more sacrificing bulls on the altar. No more sacrificing animals in the, on, in the, in, in the tent of meeting. There's no more of that because there's one all ultimate sacrifice, the perfect Jesus Christ who came as the Lamb of God. And he died for my sins. And was risen for my justification. Therefore, I don't have to doubt about my salvation. I don't have to doubt that God loves me. And God has a beautiful and amazing plan for my future. No matter what you're going through right now. What path you're going through right now. You have to realize that in your heart. You have to believe that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. That Jesus Christ, not only that. He was raised for your justification. 
for all the, all the things that you've done wrong, all the things that your mouth has, has pushed you into and made all kinds of missteps and all kinds of trouble. And because of that, God has given his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for the enemies of God. The ones that yelled out at God. Remember, even his own people were yelling and screaming. He is the Lord of lords. He is the sacrifice that will save them. And they are crying, crucify him. Crucify him. He doesn't, he doesn't, doesn't really need to be living anymore. He's not worthy. He shouldn't even be part of, of the chosen people. I don't know how many times you remember that um, your mouth got you into trouble. I remember uh, our honeymoon. <laughs> anyway, we, uh, we decided we were going to go to Greece. So, you know, after, like right after the wedding, we had a nice brunch in one of the great restaurants in Boston, and then we flew to, uh, to Greece. And we, uh, of course, we started in northern Greece first because that's where most of our relatives were. And after we said goodbye to them, we, uh, we uh, came down to Athens and uh, saw the Parthenon and all these amazing places. And, uh, and then we decided that we wanted to head enough of our relatives, <laughs> north and south, so we decided we're going to go to Crete and then we're going to go to Rhodes and kind of finish our honeymoon in that way, just having our own time and our own um, uh, enjoyment. So we, um, so we booked uh, a flight to Crete. Iraklion is the capital of Crete. Uh, I think it was one of Rhea's uh, uh, relatives that booked us uh, uh, the flight and also booked us the hotel. The hotel was in Iraklion, right in the center of town, and he was really, you know, you know, bringing it up constantly and saying, oh, this is a great, great place. It's walking distance to all the museums, all the beautiful places in Iraklion. And, you know, so we're really excited. So we're on the flight. We land. We take the taxi from the airport, go into Iraklion, get to the hotel, only to find out that the hotel is booked. And, of course, uh, <laughs> I'm opening old wounds. <laughs> of course, I opened my mouth and uh, instead of telling the hotel clerk that we have a booking, it's already booked, I asked him whether there's any room, any room in the end. <laughs> and of course he says, no, 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 there's nothing. Everything is booked. But I said, you know, but, you know, I thought there were. This is, you know, I was, we were told we were. Anyway, so I was just, I just did a blundering thing. So to make the long story short, um, I could not argue anymore with him. And so he had his cousin take us uh, to a, a nice motel <laughs> on the beach. And they say it was beautiful beach. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's a little, you know, sandy rocks and everything else. You'll enjoy it. It's right. The hotel is right there. And of course, we get to the hotel after about 20 minutes. The guy keeps going and going and going. He said, where is he going? Iraklian is right here and he's going so far away. Anyway, so uh, we're kind of wondering how we're going to get back to Iraklian to be able to enjoy. <laughs> anyway, so we're very uh, 
you know, by that time we're really exhausted. So we're, I think we slept like half the day. So uh, right before the sunset, we woke up and uh, we went to see this beautiful beach. So we out there with our sandals, we're walking, and it was really beautiful, and the water is nice, uh, the, the pebbles and everything is just, just an amazing place, very calm. But then we noticed when we looked down, we noticed that these black things that are on the, on the ground, and, you know, my first thought was, well, there must be goat droppings, you know, that's what they look like. <laughs> I mean, I am the farm boy, right? I know the stuff, so, but... <laughs> But later on, we decide, we, fig, we look at this and look at it, and I say, well, you know what? This is not dropping. These are tar. I said, what? This is tar. And before we realize it's tar, we look at our sandals, we look at our feet, and now we're full of tar. <laughs> so we decided we had enough of that beach. We go back, and of course, the hotel personnel were ready with the towels. <laughs> that were dipped in petrol so we can clean ourselves up. <laughs> Obviously, this was the routine that a lot of guests were going through every time they landed there. So anyway, so that's just, I was just going to let that go and move on to, <laughs> to other bigger and better things. So, but the idea here is that the same power that we have with our mouth to be able to get ourselves in trouble to be able to hook ourselves to all kinds of problems that we cannot easily get rid of, also gives us the power to be able to live a victorious life, to be able to say goodbye to all the things, all the pesky things in your life. I want you to think about right now, what is the number one thing right now in your life that is really giving you problems, giving you anxiety, taking away your peace, distracting you from worshiping God and loving God and, and, you know, doing all the things that God wants you to be doing. What is that thing? And I want you to say, you know, you ha I have power in my mouth to speak that problem out of my life. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died for you, and was raised from the dead, that you will be saved from that problem. You will be saved. And salvation is not just salvation with, you know, I believe in, in Christ and I'm now re regenerated and born again. Not just that. That's the huge salvation. I hope that there's nobody in this room right now that doesn't, has not, doesn't have that exactly thing that happened to them. But I'm talking about salvation from all the other things that while we're waiting for heaven... We want to be able to take care of. And God is ready to do this. All you have to do is speak it out. All you have to do is say it out loud. Now, the question is, how do we get the power of this voice? How do we get that? Well, you have to do a little digging, especially in the Old Testament. And you have to realize that God has given us freedom of choice and power to subdue the rest of the universe. Not just the earth, but the rest of the universe. And we already have proven that. In the 21st century, we already know that we can actually send out satellites, send out all kinds of stuff. We try to 
constantly see if there's anybody else in the universe. Is there any noise that's coming from some distant star? We have all the technology, all the capability. I mean, we have come a long way from walking on Earth as a you know, hunter and living in caves to being able to do amazing things, to build so much on this planet, to do incredible things that nobody ever even dreamed of. So be careful with the power of your mouth. It will rule your life. Sometimes I hear people cursing themselves. Did you ever hear somebody cursing themselves? <laughs> like, why? Why do you do that? And it's like, ooh, I, I cringe, you know, because they don't realize how much power they have. And when you, when you curse yourself, or like you say, stupid me, or this and that, I mean, you... You're, all you, you, what you're doing is you're basically telling yourself that this is who I am and this is what I'm going to be. You, you, you basically fulfill, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Have you heard that? You know, I'm going to fail this exam. I'm going to fail this exam. I failed the exam. Okay? <laughs> you know? Uh, I mean, you know, no, she won't love me. She won't love me. No, she's, you know, she's too good for me. Okay, well, she's too good for you. There you go. <laughs> It, no, no, don't do those foolish things because your mouth has power. It will lead you to exactly what it says. It will affect your life either positively or negatively. And why do we have this much power? Because we are the crowning achievement of God. God created us. After he created everything else, he created men and women. But he created us in his own image. Because we have the image of God. Yes, it may be a tarnished image of God. We have that power of the voice of God. We are his children. His crowning achievement. We have the very authority of God. More importantly, we have the same kind of power over nature that God has. And that power is in our mouth, in our voice. He made us in his image. Therefore, we can rule with our mouth. I don't know if you have young kids in your home. As soon as they, as soon as they are old enough, they rule the roost, right? You know, you've ever heard, you promised. <laughs> Why did I say yes to that Disneyland? <laughs> you promised, okay, so, and it's amazing how that little child is able to, basically with a little finger, just con control everything in the house. <laughs> And if the, if the parents are not experienced parents, that's exactly what's going to happen. So, notice that if we, if we are in the image of God, then you have to say, well, okay, I, you know, I have the image of God, but why does that give me the power to speak with my mouth and things actually will change in my universe? Because how did God create the heavens and the earth? Through his voice. The voice of God that cries over the waters, right? Let there be light. 
Let there be a firmament. Let there be a, a separation between the waters and the land. Let there be animals. Let there be fowl. Let, it, let there be all the beautiful things that God has created. It's all about let it be, let it be, let it be. And then when it comes to creating humans, he has respect for them because they are in his image. You know, the, the, the camel is not in his image. The lion is not in his image. But the crowning achievement of God, Adam and Eve are in his image. And what does he do? God himself bends over down on the ground and makes Adam with his own hands. He could have done it with his voice. He could have done anything with his voice. He has power to build the galaxies of the universe, that are in the, the constantly expanding universe, the infinite universe, the infinite molecular world, atomic world. He did that all with his voice. But when it came to the two humans that would start the generation of mankind, he stooped down, took earth, and fashioned Adam. And then from the side of Adam, he took his rib, the Bible says, and fashioned Eve. So they were made with God's hands, not with his voice. And therefore, it was respect for that couple, respect for humankind that God says, I will give you this power to subdue everything else that I've created. Because you have my image. No other, no other creature, no other thing in the universe has my image. God uses infinite power. The power of his voice and the power of his mouth to be able to do this. And my question to you this morning is, are you using the power of salvation with your mouth to direct your life? And you know, what happens to us is we get distracted with life. And we get sideswapped so many times. We don't see it coming. And we're not prepared because we're not in prayer. We don't read the word of God. We don't have any habits that will really get us solid food on a daily basis to keep us ready. Because as you open your mouth during the day, the Bible says that out of the fullness of the heart, you know, Jesus said that, out of the fullness of the heart, the, the mouth speaks. And if your life is terrible, you're going to say, woe is me, and, you know, and woe is going to be you. You know, I'm always going doing this. You know, you're always going to be doing this. You keep saying it because you are now giving orders to your own life, to your own inner person, that this is who I am, and that's how I'm stuck, and unfortunately, that's how it's going to be. But that is not the case. That is not the case. God says that he has made you and me in his image, and we have power in our mouth, power to curse and power to bless. As we bless others with our mouth, as we say the right and good things, you know, we had a great time uh, last night celebrating Malachi's birthday, and uh, you know, and there's so many blessings, right? That people, I'm sure, they were not cursing Malachi, they were blessing Malachi, and that's such a great thing to do because obviously, not only do we love Malachi, but she does so much for God and His kingdom that we want to. Speak out with the power that God has given you, the authority that God has given, you, given us, good and blessings for, for Malachi. 
And the same thing for our children, the same thing for the rest of, the, of our brothers and sisters here, not just in this church, but also throughout the city of Pasadena. When we pray, you know, why does God, what does the Bible say? Pray for your leaders. Because just because you're not a powerful priest or archbishop or whatever, you know, just because you're not a pastor, it doesn't mean that you don't have authority to be able to bless a pastor, to bless the, your, your brothers and sisters. Your mouth has been given the authority and power to bless and to curse. I want you to take a few moments this morning and see what areas in your life need to be blessed by you and what areas in your life need to be let alone because that's where trouble starts. Will you do this?